Yeah. Praise the Lord. Good, good, good to see everybody. You know, I've been tending to teach more this, this month and things have come up. And I know Pastor George there is leaving, but I wanted to thank Kim for doing last Sunday night. I know if you were here, you were blessed. Amen. Good, good word. All of those that have shared this month along the lines of healing. And tonight is our final night on healing the hurting. And I know that it has been established through different ones that, and the word of God, Jesus wants us whole. Spirit, soul, and body. That is the will of the Lord. That is why he came. We've established it through the word of God, the simple truth that Jesus is the Savior. He's the deliverer. He's the healer. He's not the author of sickness. And disease, he's not the author of sorrow, pain, torment, depression, oppression, any of those things that come from the pit of hell. They didn't come from Jesus. I was just look, thinking about the word deceit, this, and I started looking up uh, definitions in the dictionary of words that begin with D-I-S. And I found that, I mean, it's kind of overwhelming when you start thinking about it. So many words in the English language, if you put D-I-S in the front of them, changes a positive word into a negative word. For example, discourage. Courage is a good thing, but discouragement certainly isn't. How about disappointment? It's not good to be disappointed. How about dissatisfaction? Satisfaction is a good thing, but dissatisfaction is not. And even think about this one, disapproved. There's just, the list goes on and on how you can have a positive word and you put D-I-S in front of it and all of a sudden it's a negative thing. So it's no different with the word dis-ease. Ease is a good thing. Ease means that you know that, that you are at peace. It means the absence of distress. But you put this in front of ease and you have disease. And disease is not a good thing. Disease is not good. It's the absence of peace. It's the presence of pain. And trouble. So why do you say tonight, I don't know, you all can, Sabrina can help me. How do they say that? Let's diss somebody. Is that D-I-S? Let's diss them. How about we diss the devil tonight? He's the author of dis-ease and discouragement and disappointment. He's the author of that. So let's just diss him tonight. Amen? That's what Jesus came to do. He came to diss the devil. To get rid of him. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, 1 John 3a, we'll start right there tonight, says this, what Jesus came to do. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. That might be verse 7. But for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy. Everybody read that last part with me. He might destroy the works of the devil. Is sickness from heaven? 
Is pain from heaven? Is torment from heaven? Is oppression from heaven? Is poverty from heaven? Absolutely not. And that's why Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. We want to establish through a, 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 a parable, not a parable, a story in Luke chapter 13 tonight. We want to establish again that Jesus came to set those that are bound free. In Luke chapter 13, this is the account of the woman that was bound over with sickness and disease for 18 years. And Jesus was teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And this woman showed up who had a spirit, it says, of infirmity. Now, every spirit originates from the pit of hell because it is not of God. It is from the devil. But it doesn't mean that every person that's sick has a demon manifesting in their life. That's not the case. Sometimes sickness and disease just attacks people. But it doesn't mean that they are demon-possessed or demon-oppressed. But in this case, Jesus did identify what was harassing this woman as a spirit of infirmity. Let's look in Luke chapter 13. We'll start here in verse 11. I want to read out the Amplified. And there was a woman there who for 18 years, that's a long time, isn't it? 18 years to be dealing with something. 18 years she had an infirmity caused by a spirit, a demon of sickness. She was bent completely forward and utterly unable to straighten herself up or to look upward. You know, many times when people are oppressed by the enemy, many times when people are attacked in their physical body and they're bound, it can cause them to look down. This woman was literally bound down by a spirit of infirmity, something that caused her to be bent over where she couldn't even straighten up. That's bound. She couldn't look up. But sometimes people are so oppressed under the weight of sin and carrying cares in their life that they too are bowed over. There are people that might be walking around straight physically, but spiritually they're bound. And they're bowed over. And they're all bound up by oppression of the enemy. The devil loves to pull people down spiritually. He loves to weigh people down in the area of our soul and our mind with cares and with oppression. He loves to even put sickness and disease on people that causes them to just feel weighed down. And unable to function. Why does the devil love to bind people and pull people down? Because he's going down. His final destination is down in the bottomless pit. God is the author of up. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 3, verse 3, he's a glory and he's a lifter. He's a lifter up. Of our heads. God always pulls people up. 
He lifts people out of the pit of despair. He reaches down with his loving hand. Love lifted me when I was sinking and nothing could help. Love lifted me. Love lifts us up. But the devil pulls people down. We're not going to let him pull us down. We've been set free. How many of you have been lifted up by the love of God? You've been lifted out of sickness. You've been lifted out of sin. That's the great, greatest lifting that ever there was. If you've been lifted out of darkness, you've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Talk about a lift. Talk about a spiritual lift. Hallelujah. He's the author of the lift. Love lifted me. If he loved us enough to lift us out of the pit of sin, to lift us out of the kingdom of darkness, don't you think that same love wants to lift us out of any kind of oppression, lift us out of any kind of sickness or dis-ease and give us ease, give us peace. Hallelujah, that's who we serve. That's the kind of God that we have. So Jesus, he saw this woman bound over. In verse 12 it says, And when Jesus saw her, He called her to him and he said, don't you love this? Woman, you are released. You're lifted up. You're lifted out of this infirmity. That's what Jesus came to do. Doesn't it tell us that? Over in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, I believe it is. Jesus said, I came to preach the good news. I came, it says in the Amplified, to announce release to the captives of whom you and I were. He announced release. That's why he came. He said, I came to set the captives free. I came to make an announcement. You're not bound anymore. You don't have to be captive by any of the uh, tactics of the devil. I came to make an announcement. I'm announcing that the gospel is good news. I'm announcing that I came to preach deliverance to the captives. Here they got it up there. I came to declare recovery of sight to the blind. Look at this last part. To set forth as delivered all those who are oppressed. I like this part. Those who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity. Oh, but Jesus said, I'm anointed. I am the anointed one. Hallelujah. 
I came to help those that are downtrodden, those that have been bruised. Anybody ever been knocked down by circumstances of life, ever been bruised or or beaten up by things that have come against you? But God, they said, Jesus said, I'm anointed and I've come. Hallelujah. He's come to heal the brokenhearted. He's come to restore sight to the blind. He came to release those that are captive. He came to heal the hurting. That's part of our vision here. Reaching the lost. Healing the hurting. That's who Jesus is. That's why he came. That's what he wants us to do. Hallelujah. That's what he stressed to this woman. Let's go back over here to Luke chapter 13. And let's look at verse 13. Then he laid his hands on her. And instantly she was made straight. And she recognized and thanked and praised God. I know that our faith will make us whole. And I know many times we do have to stand. We have to confess the word. We have to believe God. And that's one way that we can receive healing. But I'm looking for the instantly. Our God is also the God of the instant. Our God is the God of the suddenly. Hallelujah. If the Holy Ghost could show up on the day of Pentecost and suddenly there was a sound from heaven. Suddenly they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly this woman was released from that spirit of infirmity. We can expect some instantly. Hallelujah. In our day and in our age, you know, many times believers, they have to take it by faith because they know the word. They got to stand on the word of God. But I'm telling you, God wants to show up and show out. He wants to instantly have people come in off of the streets and announce you're released from sin. You're released from the bondage of sickness and disease. There's nothing that will get the attention of the world. You talk about an evangelism tool. There's nothing that will call people in any greater than them seeing people get instantly healed. Them witnessing miracles. Them seeing our God is alive. And he's the same yesterday, today, and Forever. Let's praise his name. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Thank you for the season. Thank you for the time of instant manifestations. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. When Jesus saw this woman, aren't you glad that she was instantly made straight. But you know what? Everybody wasn't happy about it. You would think. Here they are at the synagogue, worshiping God. 
You would think they would have, wow, this is awesome. But you know, it's the same today as it was then. There's always people that get stirred up when God starts moving. They start, oh, you know, they, we've never seen that in our church. I'm not sure that's really God. Look what, what happened here in verse 16. These religious spirits got stirred up. There's nothing as mean and as ugly as people getting into religion. They get vicious. Say, ah, oh, you know, no, that's not the way it's done. Well, healing's been done away with. God doesn't still do miracles. So they're out there, they're questioning. Why have you done this? What do you mean? This woman's been healed on the Sabbath. You, our law says you're not supposed to do that on the Sabbath. Rules, regulations, religious thinking. And don't you like Jesus' answer here in verse 16? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan have bound. He wanted them to know it and know it straight that God didn't do this to her. See, religion will even tell you that. Well, God maybe put this sickness on you to teach you something. God and the devil are working together because we know that there's no sickness in heaven, so God must be in cahoots with the devil and borrowing cancer to slap it on you because you were disobedient and to teach you something. No, every time Jesus addressed sickness and disease, he wanted them to know it that Satan is the author of it. Do people sometimes learn something when they're going through a difficult time? Do people sometimes draw closer to God when they're attacked in their body? Well, yes, they do. Just because they finally get quiet. And sometimes they get desperate. And, oh, man, I haven't read my Bible for months. I better dust it off. I better see what the Word has to say. And they start pressing into God. And they all of a sudden might feel His presence like they hadn't before. But that does not mean God put that disease on them. God would have probably been trying to get their attention for months in any other ways. Uh, listen to me. Draw closer to me. i got some things to share with you. We don't want to have to find ourselves flat on our back in a hospital bed and then saying, Oh, God, have mercy. He will because he's a merciful God. Thank God for his mercy. But there's a higher way and there's a better way. To hear from heaven and draw close to him. We don't have to do it just when we're in a difficult situation. We ought to be walking in relationship with him every day. But I love that Jesus identified Satan hath bound this woman for 18 years. And she needs to be loosed. And she was. Hallelujah. Now, I want to look at another example here that Jesus identified that he was the deliverer and that his word brings freedom. Over in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, and I want to look at this one out of the King James for a reason here. Matthew 9, verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Jesus, throughout the Gospels, you'll see this phrase, moved with compassion. 
it motivated him. It compelled him to do something. In this case, he said he was moved with compassion because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. I looked up the word compassion one time in one of those old dictionaries, and I've never forgot this definition. It's my favorite. It said, love with the desire to help. Love with the desire to help. You know, a lot of people will come up to you and say, I love you, I love you, I love you. And then you call them up and say, hey, you know, I need, could you come over and help me move? Could you come over and help me do this? Oh, I'm sorry, my schedule's full, can't help you out. They love you, they say they love you, but if they have compassion on you, they'll have the desire to help. They'll do what they can to help. For God so loved the world, and he had compassion on the world. He didn't just look down from heaven and say, I love you. Jesus didn't just say, I love you. But you know, you got yourself in this mess. Just hope that you can get out of it. Do the very best you can. No, Jesus didn't just say, I love you. Jesus was moved with compassion compelled him to not just say, but to act. Love with the desire to help. Aren't you glad he helped us? Aren't you glad he rescued us? Aren't you glad? Love lifted me. So throughout the Gospels, you'll see that phrase, that he was moved with compassion. In the cross reference in my Bible on this one we just read in Matthew 9:36 where it says because they fainted it says in my Bible in the center reference they were tired and they lay down tired and they were laying down this is not just a description of their position physically which maybe they were really tired But he was seeing something spiritually. He was seeing them faint. He was seeing them tired and oppressed and couldn't carry on spiritually. And it moved him with compassion. Sometimes when we're attacked, sometimes if we're down spiritually like we were just talking about, it can lead even to a physical attack. It's important to stay up on the inside, to stay built up with the Word of God on the inside. A strong spirit of a man will sustain him in bodily harm. When the attacks come, if we are strong on the inside, we won't succumb to them. We will not be faint. We will not be tired and we will not quit when we're strong on the inside that's what jesus wants for us spirit soul and body now we already said this about disease that disease brings hopelessness desperation despair and darkness into our lives too many christians are just walking around in darkness part of it is ignorance my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge 
too many people have this philosophy. Religion has taught God is God. Everything happens for a reason. He put that disease on you for a reason. And people just accept sickness and disease. They accept tests and trials. They accept difficulties as coming from God. And what that does is that brings darkness into a person's life. Bible talks about don't let your light become darkness. If we don't know what's in the Bible for ourselves and have that revelation knowledge, then darkness begins to creep in. And darkness will always accompany, it's always accompanied with oppression. Now I want to show you tonight from Isaiah chapter 60 what we're talking about here about darkness. I know that this passage of scripture It was written, you know, to the nation of Israel and how the glory would be seen upon them. But there's so many things in the Old Testament that can parallel to our lives in the New Testament. They're written for a purpose. They're written for our example. And this is one of them. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 60 and we'll look at verse 1 and 2. Arise and shine. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. In verse 2, for behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. In the King James it says, gross darkness the people. Have you found out that darkness is gross? And it's getting grosser and grosser. And the world is getting darker and darker. And the world is getting grosser and grosser. But what are we supposed to do as the people of God, as the children of God? Are we supposed to succumb to that darkness? No, this is what we're supposed to do. Read that last part with me. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen up on you. Hallelujah. Everybody say this. I'm rising, and his glory shall be seen upon me, and shall flow. Through me. I'm going to shine. I'm the light of this world. Shine, Jesus, shine. Let your glory be seen on me. Amen. Now the word arise means this. To get up and to move forward. We're getting up. And we're moving forward. We're not going to stay bound. We're not going to sit down. We're going to get up. And we're going to move. There's places to go. There's things to do. In the realm of the spirit. And we are not going to let darkness. We're not going to let bondage. We're not going to let torment. We're not going to let disease. We're not going to let poverty. Hold us back. Arise. Shine. Get up. Move forward.
word. Believe God. Hallelujah. We're the light of the world. We know that darkness can be paralyzing. We know that disease can bring darkness. It's a dark day if you get a really evil report from the doctor. Let's be honest about it. It's not a bright day. It's a dark day. But you know what? It's not over till it's over. Regardless of the report, whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. I'm going to rise up. I'm going to get up. I'm going to keep moving. Moving forward. Hallelujah. I like this passage in the Amplified, particularly verse 1. Arise from the depression and the prostration in which certain circumstances have ever have kept you. Have you ever had bad news happen? Something happened. I mean, you're having a good day and all of a sudden you get a phone call and it's like your head is now where your feet are. You knock down. You feel like falling over from the evil reports you've heard or circumstances that came against you. But this says we can arise from depression. We can arise from prostration in which circumstances may have kept you or may have knocked you down. What are we going to rise to? Rise to new life. Shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord. Why? For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I'm using this passage tonight in the context of rise and be healed. Rise from that place. Rise up. Get up. Keep moving forward. Like Jesus said to that man at the pool called Bethesda. That man had been laying there for many years. And only when the angel came down and troubled the water, the first person that would get into that pool would be made whole. And Jesus walked through there one day. And he said to that man, Will you be made whole? You want to be made whole? Then what did he tell him to do? Take up your bed, rise up, and walk. He said, Lord, I don't have any man to put me in the pool. And all he said was, take hold of his hand, get up in the name of Jesus. Stop waiting for man to help you. Man doesn't have the answer. Many times medical science doesn't have the answer. But Jesus is asking us a question tonight. Will you be made whole? And the answer should be, yes, Lord. And he's taking hold of some of your hands right now. If you're reaching out with the hand of faith, the hand of Jesus is taking hold of your hand. And he's lifting you up. He's saying, rise up. Will you be made whole? Then rise up. Get up out of that circumstance. Woo! Rise up and give God the glory. Rise and shine. Hallelujah. For your light has come. Rise.
and shine. You're not bound by darkness anymore. Hallelujah. The glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord. The manifest presence of the Lord. It's in our midst. The presence of the Lord is in our midst. And you know what? Every time we invite His presence, His presence always brings His power. The glory of God is His manifest presence. And wherever He manifests, whenever He manifests, His power is present. His power is present tonight to bring healing into this place. Will you be made whole? It could be something that's been tormenting your mind. The scripture we just read said, rise up from that depression. I don't think there's ever been a day and age like we live in today that so many people are depressed and oppressed. The stress of life starts weighing on people's emotions and their mind. But he said we can arise. From those circumstances. Circumstances, many times, they're real. They're staring us in the face. But we don't have to allow them to knock us prostrate, to knock us down. Get up. Rise up. Will you be made whole? How many of you in here tonight... You reverence His name. You are a worshiper of God. I can tell you as a congregation, we do. We worship Him in this place. We invite His presence. And when we create an atmosphere like that, we can expect the Son of Righteousness to arise. When we arise and take our place, we rise up when we don't feel like it. And we lift our hands. We offer Him the sacrifice of praise. We rise up when we don't feel like it. And we open our mouths when we don't want to. And we say, I will magnify the Lord. My God is good to me. My God is my deliverer. I will bless the Lord at all times. A praise shall continually be in my mouth. When we do that, when we don't feel like it, when we rise up, He arises. And His presence comes on the scene. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, PT. I know you're back there, but if you can make your way up here, I want to read one last scripture, and then we're going to spend some time arising in His presence and expecting Him to show up in our midst. I love this scripture. It's Malachi chapter 4, verse 2 in the Amplified. Listen with all of your heart to this. But unto you who revere 
and worshipfully fear my name, shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings and his beams, and you shall go forth and gamble like calves. Here's this word again. Released. Released. I came to announce release to the captives. Those that have been captive by the enemy. Those that have been bound by sin. Bound by habits. Bound by addictions. Bound by disease shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing and the anointing to release. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Son of Righteousness is arising in this place. Just leave that verse up there. But unto you who revere, all of you stand. Let's do this right now. Unto you who revere. We reverence you, Lord. Oh, we reverence you, Lord, in this place. We revere. We honor you. We magnify you. Lord, we arise on the inside tonight. On purpose, we arise in our hearts. We rise up to lift you up. We rise up to worship you. Everybody as an act of rising up, make sure you lift your hands up. Oh, we rise up. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let your presence, let your presence, let the sun of righteousness arise. Healing in your wings tonight, Lord. Woo. Woo. There's the anointing. Tangible presence of the Lord. Woo! His presence. 